Welcome to The Winner's Edit, a survivor storyline and editing podcast. I'm your host, Joe. And I'm Dan. Let's go. Woo! Yeah. Another season of Survivor. Seems like yeah. it, the other one just ended, but we're back. The greatest season, definitely. I am. The hype levels <laughs> for this season are through the roof. No one loves mixed seasons more than me. No one loves twists where, uh, like, <laughs> you you never have to leave uh, more than me. This is going to be great. Um, yeah, I'm excited to be back podcasting. Um, I'm truthfully pretty low on uh, the prospects for this season, but you know what? Uh, bad seasons are still pretty fun to talk about, so uh, it's going to be a fun season. Yeah, it's going to be interesting especially from an edgic perspective to talk about this season um, and where it goes. So season 38 edge of extinction. Um, the big twist being if you get voted out, you might not be done. You get to go to the Isle of extinction or whatever. The edge and, of extinction. I believe. Well, is it really just called the edge of extinction? Uh, okay. I think that's what Jeff said in the like little intro video. I saw that like, that's actually what the Island of extinction is called. But maybe not. I don't know. Okay. The planning well, seems a little confusing. Um, whatever. They go to an island and they live there on very little supplies. They can leave at any time if they want. But if they don't, there's challenges at the merge and at final something. I believe at the final five. Um, to bring one person back from that place. So, yeah. We could yeah. have tons of people in here. Come episode 14. I'm so pumped for a first boot to win this season. Like, oh, <laughs> goodness. Like, why didn't they bring Francesca back? Like, that girl's never coming off the island. Like, <laughs> um, I guess for me, uh, with this twist, like, I genuinely hope it colossally fails so bad that they never consider doing anything like it ever again. Um, like, I kind of am rooting for the season to just be like, completely either ruined by the twist or just being so bad or like having like a really awesome outcome get screwed over because like like someone comes back who's like good at challenges but super boring or something like i'm just hoping this crashes and burns so that they just because i think it fundamentally breaks the point of survivor um yeah there's no real upside at all (laughs) especially as we understand it after 38 seasons i think if you like, if you stick with this, it's a just a different show entirely. Like, we were talking about the final four twist changing things up, but this is wholly different. Um, yeah, I think the best case scenario is if it is just ineffective. Like, the person who comes in goes straight back out both times. Um, yeah. Yeah, that would actually be really good. Like, if it's like... And like if if it's somebody who's like kind of like boring and not like a production favorite or something, like who can just come back in like win the challenge or whatever it is they have to do, that's still unclear. Um, and yeah, they just get quickly dismantled, or they get to the end. And actually, best case scenario might be somebody makes it to the end, and everyone's just like, we could never vote for somebody who got voted out. Yeah, definitely. Um, or like if you wanted to fail horribly, be like that person who got voted out first survived all that time. So did they truly embody survivor? Maybe we should vote for them. And then... that would actually, yeah, like honestly, anything that can kill this, that, that still leads to like entertaining train wreck is what I'm personally rooting for. I don't want this to turn out good. Um, I think there's a possibility that it doesn't affect much. And then they're like, ah, we might as well try it again. 
Um, that's probably the worst case scenario. I don't think it'll go well, but I think it could go like 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 they get they get their uh, returnee player longer. They still leave like fourth or whatever, and then it, it's just like it kind of like in South Pacific, like where it just like it didn't colossally fail or anything. Um, I like Redemption Island. I mean, um, yeah. Like, like I I think there's always a uh, a chance that it just doesn't super affect anything. Um, and that's what I don't want. I really want this to just go away forever. Yeah. I mean, there's so many ways for it to go wrong that I feel like we're probably safe. We'll probably have, um, old survivor back in another season and I don't think it'll be too long. Mm-hmm. Knock yeah, on wood. <laughs> I, yeah. Knock on wood. Like it's like, and like the thing is, is like truthfully, like it probably won't affect that much at the start because the contestants aren't even told that it's the case. That like, is the case. <laughs> that's pretty awful, I think, from a game design standpoint. But it also hopefully means that it won't interfere with the like pre-merge play too much. Because like my personal biggest fear with this was not biggest fear. One of my fears was like, especially with returning players. Like if I'm a newbie and I'm on a tribe with a returning player, and I know that there's a twist that brings them back, like you're never voting them out pre-merge ever. <laughs> like. Like who's yeah. gonna come back in a returning challenge? Like like production favorite Joe Anglum or <laughs> random like quiet girl? Like it's gonna be Joe Anglum. You're never gonna go against them. Um, so yeah. I guess it's kind of okay that they don't know for that reason alone. But like, still, it, truly terrible for the person who votes out Joe Anglum and then he comes back and gets voted out for it. Yep. Um. So if you made it this far and you're new, we should probably tell you what we're about. Um, the winners that it sort of covers just like the editing of Survivor. So like, if you've heard of Edgic before, seen one of the charts, um, we talk sort of about that. Uh, we don't go into ratings so much, but we do more like storylines and what the season is actually about. Yeah, our goal is always to kind of look at the season from like a top-down perspective and be like, so, okay, so... Like, blank got voted out, but what does that mean for the broader story? Um, obviously, the editors have, like, infinite amount of footage. Um, I worked as a video editor doing things with, uh, like, a huge amount of footage. And, like, even if they're not going for something necessarily intentionally, like, they just have too much footage for it to, like, everything that's picked is picked for a very specific reason. Everything that's left out is left out for a very specific reason, and that inherently has bias and storytelling elements to it. But most of the time, they are trying to tell a story. And even if it's, like, subconscious, it's still going to be the case. Um, some of the best Survivor stories are in the background because they do have so much footage. So when they do choose to give a character, like, a small amount of footage, like, that timeline's really interesting. Um, so, yeah, we try to... We try to focus on that aspect because it is something I think most other like survivor podcasts and stuff don't pay any attention to at all. Um, so that's the thing we do touch on strategy and all that kind of stuff too, but uh, more how more, I think like analyzing strategy from a edited TV show is basically impossible. Whereas you can edit strategy under the confines of the edit much more appropriately. Uh, and so that's what we try to do. Yep. We look at every castaway each week. Even if they didn't get anything, um, just for fun of it, we sometimes get fun favorites from that. And we're usually, uh, we put on our tinfoil hats and get up some crazy conspiracy theories. This sounds like a perfect segue back to last season. Um, 
So Survivor 37, David versus Goliath. Uh, we didn't do a wrap-up episode, just kind of schedules got away from us. But also I think we're both uh, hardcore Angelina stands. We thought this was the villain's edit coming back, and it didn't pan out. And yeah, it's rough. <laughs> yeah, for me it was like I had a kind of like, like I was so high on David versus Goliath the whole season. And I thought the finale was like, pretty bad like i thought it was pretty boring um not much really happened it felt like really like tonally inconsistent and with like like i thought it was kind of like the whole finale episode was kind of about how mike had been underrated as a strategist the whole season um and then he just gets the finale and doesn't win it was very like there was no clear story like it felt really confused to me um because they had to like re-emerge mike as a threat but then like all of a sudden nick's super childish and it's like you just showed me this new trait of nick who's like a crybaby and now he's winning like it, it just didn't work for me um and so i also wasn't super enthusiastic to talk about it um and honestly with distance i'm probably a little lower on david versus clay than i was last time you heard from me i think it had good moments throughout but yeah that ending sort of sort of stop the momentum like i know when i think on it sometimes i'm like okay who won that season again because nick just doesn't leave a big impression on me and if you go back and listen to our episodes like nick was a big character so it's weird that he just doesn't register that well already mm -hmm. in survivor history i think one of the strangest things about nick is that he was the most visible character on that season. Mm -hmm. I don't think he would be anybody's favorite character. I don't think he would be like, I don't think there's Nick stands. I don't think, um, I don't think like people are going to look back and be like, "Whoa, Nick was such a good winner. And the more like post, like I never look at any post season or pre like, I never look at any exit interviews or anything during the season. Like I'm very strict on what I look at. Um, and all the exit interviews were like, <laughs> Nick was terrible. And uh, like, we had a really hard time voting for him. So it was like, I don't know. It, was, it, it, it kind of, uh, I wasn't super enthusiastic to talk about it, but. Yeah, like, it's like the way like Survivor super fans can name every winner, like even the under, radar, under the radar ones like Danny or Vesepia, like they are like notable. It feels like Nick is the first one where it's like, okay, this is just another season of a reality TV show and it had another winner. It doesn't feel special. Yeah, and considering how good that season was, it's kind of sad. Yeah. But you know what? It's a new season. It's uh, a new season. I'm sure we'll get another mediocre winner that will be completely forgettable in like three months <laughs> from now. So uh, it is what it is. Um, so uh, before we go any further, like this is a completely spoiler-free uh, podcast. Neither of us look at anything resembling uh, spoilers. We're very um, strict about that. Um, but obviously, the nature of the podcast involves pattern matching. So, like, we might compare some previous winners to current contestants. That means that if you haven't seen every season of Survivor and you care about being unspoiled, this probably isn't the podcast for you. On the flip side, if you're a super nerd like us and you have seen every podcast uh or every season then this is the podcast for you and thanks for listening yeah um and i think even more so with there being returnees that's gonna be a big thing because we're gonna talk mm -hmm. about probably uh seven or so seasons no some of them overlap but a few previous seasons based on who's returning so um 
going back to pattern matching, uh, it's an interesting idea because if you look at an edge chart, like people are eliminated every round and even with Redemption Island, that's slowed down a bit, but it's still like a steep like slope of like people getting eliminated with this new format where people don't have to go home unless they want to. I think that's one of the biggest changes edgically for this season. Oh yeah. This is going to be a nightmare for our podcast, honestly. <laughs> um, like that alone, kind of, like that intrigue alone made me kind of interested in like, like making sure that uh, I was enthusiastic about the season. Cause like, we're going to literally have to talk about everybody every single week, uh, which is hilarious. Um, but you know what? Like it's, and that just makes it so difficult because we really don't know who's ever going to come back uh, because ultimately it comes down to a crapshoot. So like there'll be like a mini edgic journey and like educating who's going to come back, who's going to have like these inspiring journeys over there. Like, like, and you can probably learn a lot about how they talk about edge, like the edge of extinction, because um, like if uh, somebody they don't like, who's like super boring comes back, we probably won't see a whole lot of it. But if uh, like uh, someone who they really love gets uh, voted out and comes back, you know, maybe it's a very uplifting tale on over there on edge of extinction. It's so hard to say. Um, and even Redemption Island, yeah, we saw completely different variants in how it was shown. Um, and this could even be ignored sometimes. There's not necessarily anything that uh, they have to show every week. There's no challenge. There's no duels. They just like kind of live there. So like, yeah, we never know. It's uh, like like editing wise, like this could completely be a complete. Like there could be episodes just on Edge of Extinction. There could be episodes that don't even have it. I'm interested either way. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, worst or best case scenario, you're looking at like 13 people on Edge of Extinction and like episode, I guess the finale. So like, what does that even look like? Like we have all these people living together. Um, we, I think we talked about last season sometime when we had heard about the new twist. Um, that other reality show you mentioned where they tried to get people to like leave the island and how we thought that's what Edge of Extinction was going to turn into. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Yes, uh, that's that show is Stranded for a Million Dollars, I believe, uh, which is the season uh, which famously had people pooping in people's drinking water um, and burning down people's shelters um, in order to get them to leave the island. So uh, I really hope we get to see that wonderful, engaging television yes. on this season. Yeah, so... It's interesting just to think about how this is going to work. Are people going to be like that? Um, are they just going to try to be surviving out there? And I don't know. We'll have it's to really see. so interesting. Like um, in terms of like, like especially like I think the biggest wrinkle to me is the fact that anybody who stays to the merge is on the jury. Like I'm really excited for this 19 person jury. Like <laughs> with like, like, like 10 of them not knowing who the finalists are and like like if someone who was on edge of extinction makes it to the end who like got them fish or whatever it's like well you kept me from dying for 39 days maybe like if jeff ropes wants a provider winner this is the season for that i think yes definitely like hey thanks joe you got me a fish uh like (laughs) here's my cherry vote i don't know who these other two people are yeah um but yeah like it's it's i guess it's interesting 
I think it's mostly interesting in a meta way. Like, I think the actual show will probably not be very good, but I'm going to look forward to this podcast every week because, like, I don't know. It's it's different. Yeah, it's going to be a trip for us. Just, yeah, I'm sort of expecting, because episodes already with Redemption Island had to cover that, and it just sort of left less time for the interesting stuff because Redemption Island's just a challenge and them coping with them being eliminated. So, yeah, I think it's just going to leave less time in the long run. And yeah, sometimes I mean, even that's not Island, good. Right? Like, like for the first two weeks or whatever, it was really fun being like, oh, whoa, cool. Like there's James. I remember him. And then like eventually it was like, oh, great. <laughs> like Sierra Don Thomas is on my screen again getting a <laughs> highlight video. Like um, uh, it just wasn't uh, like I don't like when these twists like really just ham in a segment every week because yeah. sometimes it just doesn't work. Um, so I really hope they have the um, foresight to cut away from Edge of Extinction as much as possible. Mm-hmm. I guess speaking of Sierra Don Thomas, uh, we have some all-star returnees, game changers even, uh, and one of them is dating Sierra Don Thomas, I think. She's like the person who has not been on any of the seasons we've covered, but has got the most coverage. Just yeah. I'm a Sierra <laughs> stan, and she was, she was on Ghost Island, so... She was. Yeah. But returnees, that's another thing we haven't covered. So that's an interesting aspect to this, I guess. Yeah, like, I personally don't dislike any of these returning choices. I think there's been a little bit of backlash against them. Um, I mostly said that there there's returnees one on a season like this, because, spoiler alert, I really like this cast of newbies. And I'm yeah. like, I kind of wish these new returning players weren't here. Um, it kind of feels like they don't need to be like, I like, like, couldn't you put returnees on like the one world cast or something instead of this one? Um, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, it feels like they've really got into a good casting rhythm recently. And, uh, I, I just don't really see what like Aubrey's bringing to it or anything, but you know what? I, I don't hate the returnees. If you're going to bring people back, um, they're all characters who I genuinely liked when I was watching. So. Can't complain too much. A little confused on the Aubrey choice, just because um, she clearly didn't have a good time on uh, Game Changers and like got no content and was like basically invisible the entire season. Like I, I that one perplexes me a little bit, but your mileage may vary. Yeah, I I think that's an interesting one, but I think we know what Aubrey can do, so I'm glad they're willing to overlook some like like a time where Aubrey wasn't important to the season. Um, mm-hmm. but still know that she was great in Kaurong and brought her back. So um, maybe the hardest thing is that these feel sort of like similar archetypes a bit. Like they're all sort of um, game players, like Joe a little less, but they all feel... It's all people who like quote unquote almost won except Joe. Like, yeah. Like there's yeah. kind of the odd one out here where like Aubrey, according to half the internet, uh totally should have won Korong. And then <laughs> Kelly Wentworth totally should have won Cambodia. David Wright totally should have won Millennial for Gen X. Like they're all people who like were barely robbed. I guess Aubrey's a little different because she was a finalist. Maybe that I guess that's kind of it, is like we got uh the people who kind of almost won on the Kama tribe, and then we got the people who came fourth place on the Manu tribe. <laughs> I guess that's the division. I don't know. Objective versus subjective almost winning. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think it's interesting when I was going through and looking at them, 
it's just like, yeah, a lot of these are the same people. I know kind of what to expect from them. It's like if you brought back, um, like when Cass was brought back on Second Chances, people are like, oh, how's she going to change from the supervillain to like someone more reasonable? Or like if you brought back Natalie Cole, like mm-hmm. what does Natalie Cole look like on a second time? And it's just like, I don't really see reason for these people to change that much. So I don't see their how they're edited to change that much. Yeah. And I mean, like, I think on the topic of returnees, before we actually get into talking about the cast, um, I think my biggest problem is the combo of returnee plus this twist, because like, like this twist very transparently favors returnees. I think Um, just in like, and like, I can kind of see the logic of like, well, what happens if one of our returnees leaves? Oh, well, we can still have them on the show. Um, and uh, that honestly worries me quite a bit as a, uh, a natural born conspiracy theorist. But, um, like, I think that's the biggest problem is it's like, I think this twist just one plays really badly with returnees. Um, and yeah, like, I don't know, like, it, I think it would have been a little less bad with, uh, uh, just newbies. Yeah. Yeah. I would have, if we have to see this um format i would have liked to see it with all new people dealing with it or like all returnees but not like a mixture yeah mixture is very strange <laughs> um but i guess i guess we should actually uh get into this um and talk about people more specifically um so we'll start with the comma tribe and then we'll work our way to the manu tribe yeah which i was pretty sure was the mana tribe until like 10 minutes ago <laughs> So yeah, Kama Tribe in yellow. And we're starting with the returnees on both tribes. So we're going to talk about Aubrey Bracco again. <laughs> um, Aubrey Bracco, she got second, controversially, in Kaorong. And then uh, fifth in Game Changers. So yeah, it's her third time. Um, what do we expect from Aubrey? I feel like more of the same. I feel like of all the returnees, she's the most likely to just kind of be the same like probably makes it pretty deep probably doesn't get voted out it probably isn't somebody who's uh gonna be shilling their way on uh the edge of extinction the whole way like i i imagine she probably makes the merge she probably does i guess some cool gameplay stuff uh probably has the confessionals talking about being nervous and awkward but now she's in a power position what do i do now um <laughs> like i i don't think she's gonna win um yeah, I, I don't think she has it in her, honestly, personally. Maybe that's harsh, but um, I, I think of all the returnees, she's the one who's most likely to just be like, oh, yeah, it's Aubrey again. And they may or may, she might have a huge amount of content or she might have little, just depends on how much everyone else brings. I think she's like a solid, um, like old reliable. Like she she's not necessarily giving you the greatest content, but she's not giving you bad content ever. So it's like good old reliable if uh, things go awry. Yeah, I feel like, Reliable is just a good word for every facet of Aubrey. Like, I feel like game-wise, she's going to play well, but not like very flashy. So yeah, she's not going to make waves and she's going to make it to the end. Um, Whether that's as like the UTR version we saw in Game Changers or like, I guess, a more active version like in Kaorong. But yeah, it doesn't feel like there's high winner chances for her. It doesn't feel like her season. No. Um, and yeah, she's reliable on content too. Like whatever the editors give her, it's going to be good. Um, 
I enjoyed what she brought in Game Changers. I wished there was more, but there wasn't. So, yeah, that's Aubrey. Yeah, like, there's really not much to say. Like, we talked about it earlier. Um, I Yeah, I feel like she's mid-merge. Um, I think in this cast, she's actually going to get... I My prediction is this is going to be more of a Game Changers Aubrey. Um, I do think this cast is going to be pretty interesting. Specifically, I feel like there's a lot of super fans who can kind of bring the strategy introspection side a little bit, just like Aubrey can, but in a fresh way. So I do think my prediction, Aubrey is the most invisible of all the returnees. Yeah, I could, I could agree with that, which is unfortunate. Like to have her get her like second chance again after game changers, which wasn't a stellar look. And then that also going the same way would be tough, but I think she can deal with it. She's a fun character on like Instagram or stuff. So mm-hmm. that's fine. Yeah. I don't think she's going to get like, eaten alive or anything, but it's yeah. fine. Next up, we got uh, Mr. Joey amazing who came. Do you have the stats on you? Uh, I can remember them real quick. You remember uh second chances. Cause I don't know that one. He did get, I think ninth in worlds apart. We did our research guys. Um, and also, I think ninth, ninth and second chances. That seems right. I don't know. Both times, he won a bunch of immunity challenges at the start, then lost. And then <laughs> yep, that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually think, based on listening to first one out and listening to uh, his bio, that I'm actually pretty high on Joe this season. Um, and I didn't think I would be when I saw the cast assessment. Like, I think Joe's somebody who... I like when the season's on and then afterwards I'm like, uh, oh, he's just a boring old macho man. <laughs> uh, like, you know, like it's, uh, that's how I kind of see it. But this season he's, he seems to be aware of the mistake that he made in the past, um, of basically just being super likable and, uh, being too obviously likable and then winning too many challenges. Uh, he seems to be aware that he, people see him as like, just a like lawful good guy. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to kind of do the Sarah Lucina thing of be like, play like a criminal this time use the fact that people see him as so reliable as to be more mischievous um and maybe play a little bit more under the radar and a little bit more sneaky uh i think joe who's a little bit more strategic is like the has the capability to be like a god tier player um so i'm very high on him how about you i i don't think i am um in his bio so they ask every contestant which survivor contestant you are the most like even the returnees so the other three were all like i'm like myself obviously um joe came in and said he's like kim spradlin and he said because he's kind and poised but a gamer and a player and like even if he is like trying to play harder a, I don't know if it's a good fit for him. And B, is this the season to do it? Of course, he doesn't know. He can't know that the twist is what it is. But it's almost like he doesn't need to play harder necessarily yeah. this season. So, yeah, before I looked into stuff, I was super high on Joe. I was like, obviously, this is Joe's season to lose. But now I'm I'm not so sure. I think he if it's more that he could find a way to lose it than mm. winning it yeah i mean i think the elephant in the room is like online like if you ask like the average redditor uh what they think of the twist they're like well it's just rigged so joe can win um like i feel like of anybody here uh mr joe is gonna benefit a lot from this twist um 
But mm-hmm. I'm I'm personally basing this more off of I think that like Jill's never gonna get voted out pre merge, I don't think. Like unless yeah. it's like a dirty swap situation like like a swap screw kind of situation. And even yeah. then he probably he like I think he's only attended tribal council once pre merge ever or something like that. Uh huh. twice, I guess, because Nina and um uh Vince. And I think that's he it. He went to the Joaquin one too. Right. But like okay, so still, he's never like bag. vulnerable. Yeah. Like in uh, second chances, he wasn't vulnerable to be voted until like the first time or like the time he got voted out. So, <laughs> and I mean, in Worlds Apart, he did get swap screwed. Like he was the only uh, no color on his tribe, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and like he should have got voted out and he didn't. Uh, so, I mean, like, I think he's a capable player. I think he just is kind of too threatening in quotation yeah. marks. Um, but I think honestly, with this tribe, this uh, game full of like, Closet super fans who are all seeming big into the meat shields thing, uh, and him being like, "I'm going to try a little less hard in challenges. I'm going to be a little bit stinky." Really think this could just be a uh, real good thing for him. I don't think he's going to win, but I think I think he's going to do the best of all the returnees personally, at least in placement. Hmm. I don't know. I guess I could. I could see that. Yeah. Because like, like David and Kelly don't feel like they're winning it, but. I think the thing with Joe is that with these returnees, in a weird way, he's the least threatening. Like, you can kind of condense him to, like, dumb... Like, people will think he's Aussie. You know what I mean? Like, people will think he's, like... Like, I think the reputation of Joe is really low. Like, I think of... In, like, the Survivor superfan community, I think it's literally, like, he's just Aussie. Like, he's good at challenges and a moron. But I don't think that's Joe. Like, we saw Joe making the fake idol that's beautiful we saw we saw him do a lot of cool strategic stuff in the game um obviously overshadowed by his impeccable challenge performance but he what he like he he has always had like a knack for the game i think he's always had a really good like killer social game um i think if people meta it too much they could really underestimate joe in a weird way um so i'm yeah i'm pretty i'm pretty high on him yeah and let's not forget He's fan favorite game changer Sarah Don Thomas's boyfriend. Super into horses now. Follow Sarah on Instagram, and they're cute, but adorable. <laughs> uh, on to our first newbie on the Kama Tribe, Aurora McCreary. Um, thirty-two years old, Pensacola, Florida, or no, Orlando, Florida, and she's a divorce lawyer. Um, I don't have high estimations for Aurora. <laughs> See, I, at first, I was listening to her thing, and I'm like, oh, she's not going to do too well. And then the more she talked, the more I kind of, I could see, like, a weird niche for her doing pretty well. Like, she's super smart. Like, really, really, really smart. She's a pretty big fan of Survivor. Um, To me, it felt like she had a pretty decent read on, like, good strategy. Um, And, like, I really liked she made the point of, like, like, Survivor basically just turns no matter how old you are into, like, high school um and i thought that was a pretty funny point uh i think she has the capability to do well um like at first she reminded me of um angela but oh yeah i think i think she's a lot better she actually mentioned angela on the thing and i think that's why but um i think she'll actually be a lot better um i could see like i don't know i i honestly think that she could have like trish upside in that like very social like people won't estimate her as much um i don't know hard to say 100 percent, but she seemed charming enough i think her biggest problem is she knows like 
she can be a little direct and blunt and like let her words get away from her. So if she controls that, yes, I think she can be great. Um, she has some like stories in her life that if we see those, I'll be have a higher estimation of her. She was in foster care. Um, her mom, her claim to fame is that her mom told her she was proud of who she became before she died. Um, so stuff like that comes to the forefront. I think I'll see a better path for Aurora. Um, it's just if she takes the villainous turn, which I think she can do quick. I yes. think we need to we need to knock her out of the picture. I honestly think though that this is the kind of person who I think talks about being more negative than they actually are. I think <laughs> like I don't know. Like I feel like you see that a decent amount of like someone being like, I'm gonna cause so much drama because I like like I didn't I'm come so here to make friends. Yeah, I'm so high maintenance, and I don't know. I, I don't think that's the case. She actually said that she's a really good divorce lawyer because she doesn't really give much, like, she doesn't really give a shit about uh, emotions, uh, and so she can just completely divorce herself from the sad <laughs> divorce, obviously. Yeah. Um, so I think she's actually, like, a lot more calculating and, like, emotionless than she thinks she is, or at least is portraying to producers. So I think she might just be a game bot. I think so, but... Sometimes game bots get uh, caught up in all their programming, so... Yes, yes, yes. I do think that there's a good chance she's, like, largely invisible. Eh, maybe, like, Natalia levels of yeah, invisible. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. I She's not winning. Eh, I mean, it depends on what we see. I think we'll know pretty soon Yes, she is, and if Yeah, she's she not. could, like... If episode one, it's, like... I grew up in foster care and my mom, my mom, like, yeah. like if she gets that story, um, like in the first episode, it's probably a pretty good chance. If, uh, she walks in and she's like, I'm a divorce lawyer and, uh, I hate these people probably not going to do so well. She's yeah. definitely somebody who has like two easy sides. I think. Yeah. Good cut and dry case to start off with. Yes. Um, I would say also pretty cut and dry is our next person, Eric Haifman. Um, didn't flip my bio. Let me get to Eric. Um, he's a firefighter. I remember that. He's from uh, Chicago. Has a uh, special needs. I'm 34 years old. Currently from Livermore, California. Um, and my feelings is like he is a hero figure. Like, oh, do you have a different take on this? I heard. Well, a- um, he <laughs> actually said that he hates being called a hero. Because well, he's a firefighter. I'm and sorry. He would, he would actually refuse to work with any firefighters who referred to themselves as heroes, which I think makes him even more of a hero. Yeah, that's like what the hero firefighter says, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but yeah, I think we'll hear that like immediately. Um, I think with what we've seen in recent seasons, like he could have some negative traits come out later on and still win. But, like, he can't be that way in the beginning. Like, if he's negative mm-hmm. at the start, I don't think he has it. Um, when I was listening to his video on Twitter, he just felt a little, like, nice. And, like, I'm just here for the experience. And, like, didn't really feel that strategic about it. Mm-hmm. He was so, a weird one to me because he's seen every season multiple times, I believe. Um, he seems really smart. Like, he's a firefighter, but he's not, like, a firefighter and like... Like, he wasn't, like, like, he, like, he, like, 
he 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 didn't want to be a firefighter. It was like he was like an economics student or something, and then like his girlfriend's dad was a firefighter, so it's kind of like nepotism that he became one. Um, like I don't know, I I I really think that he has a good shot personally. Like he just seems like a good good old boy who's gonna yeah like, be charming. Doesn't seem like he's gonna be really sneaky at all, which I mean probably pencil him in for like a ninth place which that's weird because he said his favorite contestant is tony vlacos and yeah he, he explains it he's like we i don't think we're similar people but he talks about how tony had an eye on every piece of the game and that's the thing he's trying to replicate so i mean depends on what we see i think you can have an eye on every piece and then not do anything with it Mm-hmm. And then you're not winning, I guess, but we'll see. And I mean, he did talk about like separating the game from like his personality a lot. So like maybe he's a wonderful human being. who's going to be like a total dick and survivor, like, <laughs> um, like a total villain kind of thing. Like it's totally possible, but it, it's impossible. Like I, he's somebody who like, will know his story pretty fast. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cause he'll get like inspiring content early on. Yep. This like, is like, Looking at the tribes now, it's interesting that he is with Joe because Joe's like the golden boy that has happened and Eric feels like a hero that now needs to share that spotlight. So it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see the balance between those two. I agree. Like, I think that's something, definitely something to watch. Um, he's somebody who could win, I think. But yeah, hard to say. On to Gavin Whitson. Um Lives in Irwin, Tennessee, 23 years old, a YMC pro- YMCA program director. Casting really liked Donathan. <laughs> yeah, he's like the new, like, there's this, like, resurgence of the Southern boy archetype, but, like, kind of like an counterculture, like, Southern boy. Like, Donathan yeah. was a little weird, like, Nick was out there, and now Gavin's. Yeah, it's not like we're getting the JTs, we're getting... Like, all three of them, I think, like, Nick, Donathan, and now Gavin have been like, I sound like JT, but I'm actually yes. Steven. Um, yes. Like, I, I mean, I, I wonder how much longer this archetype can really get any points from that, because, like, I mean, these people haven't seen David vs. Goliath, but I feel like after anyone sees David vs. Goliath, you're not trusting the guy with the southern accent anymore. Mm-hmm. Um. He said his favorite contestant was Keith Nail, which, and he's like, talks about how everyone loves Keith. And I think the thing about Keith was he was just being himself and people fell in love with that. Like Keith wasn't intentional in his lovability. And I think if you're saying you're like him, you kind of feel like you're that way. And then you're not like Keith. Keith probably wouldn't describe himself as like Keith Neal. <laughs> That's true. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I just didn't get a good idea that he was winning. I think he'll be funny. Like he'll fit in somewhere, I guess, but I don't know. I actually really like Gavin. He like, he's definitely a super fan. Um, like he knew a lot of just like kind of random survivor yeah. things like he, that he was just referencing and just like the way he was talking. Um, he seemed to have a pretty good view of um, Survivor. He seemed to have like a pretty wide range of interests, um, and like he's funny. Like he's 
Like, I feel like with Nick and Donathan, they're both, like, kind of, like, kind of weirdos, like, especially Donathan. Um, but this guy seems like he could actually, like, he's kind of like a normal dude. Um, who, like, like, he's a, he's like a shy guy. Like, he was talking about how, like, he's from, like, the backwoods of Tennessee, but he likes to play video games in his room all the time. Like, he's like, yeah. um... Probably the like, first survivor to mention Fortnite in their bio. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, I really think that like he's somebody who could win. Like I can't like he's like he's in really good shape. Like he's like jacked. Um mm-hmm. like I, this guy's not leaving before the merge, I don't think. Um and I think if he does, he can or whenever he goes to the edge of extinction, he can make a good run there. Yeah, easy. And like we'll get like a sad story or whatever. Um like I don't know. He's definitely we're definitely gonna get like the Dothan style, like this is the first time I've been out of the country kind of thing. Like um he was talking about that in first one out a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I think with these characters, it's always so hard to track their journey. Cause it's like, one of these days, like one of these like journey people's going to win. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, um, I don't know. It, unless you're counting Nick, it didn't happen in the season all about a journey. So I don't know. I feel like they want to stray away from that, but it's edge of extinction. Anything could happen. So yeah. I do think Nick is Nick is probably more like Gavin than Jonathan is. Where it, like Yeah. I don't know. Gavin is like he's very interesting, I think. Like he'll be a good character, I'm sure. Um granted he could also just be invisible. I I think that's possible. Um but mm-hmm. I, I feel like he'll be like a middle of the pack. Like no one's gonna leave this season being like Gavin's my man, but um, Yeah. Yeah. He seems solid enough to me. Yep. On to um, Julia Carter, uh, 24 years old, currently lives in Bethesda, Maryland, as a medical assistant. I personally really hate that there's a Julia and a Julie on the same tribe. Um, that can go away. But uh, <laughs> aren't you ready for the memes, though? All the memes, Julia yeah, and Julia. There's gonna, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's a Meryl Streep movie, right? Meryl Streep, I think Amy Adams. Yeah. Um, so Julia is who we're doing. Yes. Okay. She's the one, like every season, I feel like there's somebody who (laughs) like you listen to them and then right afterwards you're like, wait, what? Like, did they, did, did I listen to a 30 minute bio of them or did I like, was it muted? Um, (laughs) and for me on this cast, it was her, like, she just kept talking about how she's like a super fan girl. Um, but like it didn't seem super genuine to me, but maybe she was just nervous. Um, I don't know. Like she talked about how like, like she kind of just seemed like, how do I put it? Like a Tumblr girl. Like, I don't know. Like, 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 I don't know. I, I can picture I, her. Like, I Tumblr get what feed. you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she just feels very blank slate. I think I was kind of looking for the Kara K like preseason. We thought Karake was going to be a huge dud because her preseason content was awful. We're wrong, but yeah, I was kind of looking for that person, and I think it's Julia. Mm-hmm. Like, um, she says her favorite Survivor contestant is Jeremy, and I think I might institute a policy saying that, like, if your favorite contestant is Jeremy Collins, I guess I sh- should specify now. Um, like, I don't know, like are you really like a fan? Like Jeremy just doesn't feel like it feels like a very good stock standard, like Miss America answer to that question. 
to me with Jeremy, it's like, it depends who you are when you're saying it. Like, um, I put a lot of stock in, in why, because I think a lot of people completely misunderstand Jeremy's game, especially in his second season. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially when people talk about him being like a chilled out, like calming presence, it's like, did you watch San Juan del Sur? Uh, <laughs> I think that's always a good trap for like, to see if somebody's a fan is yeah. like, like Jeremy was a crazy over player in San Juan del Sur. And then, like, consciously surrounded himself with, like, big, loud, crazy people in Cambodia so he would look less crazy. He wasn't not crazy. Um, and, I, like, I feel like there's a narrative of that he was just, like, good old De- good old Jeremy who didn't really do anything and was, like, a calm guy. Like, that's not, not the case. Um, so, like, when Julia says it, I'm a little, like, ooh. But, like, I don't know. Like... It seemed like this is to me the Julia was the wrong answer of describing Jeremy being the most like. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't really have anything else to say about Julia. I feel like if she's winning, we'll get like a consistent low visibility edit because she's like a younger female, and that's just the unfortunate of Survivor. Um, definitely needs focus at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I have sob story written down for her, but I don't remember anything. I guess she's just talking about how strong her mom is. Oh, she's the first in her family to graduate college. So I think those Um, things would come up. I guess for me, there's two versions of Julia that make sense. I think one of them is going to be, she's way different than she thinks she comes off. Um, She was using like, like not to sound like a moron, but pretty big words, just kind of a, dropping just all over the place um oh that's a me trait (laughs) yeah she's definitely a lot smarter than she thinks she is or at least um i think she doesn't realize that people will very easily pick up on that she's pretty smart um and i think she could probably have the tendency to talk down to people a couple times when she was talking to josh it felt like um if this was a not an interview and just two people interacting that it would not be a very good conversation so mm-hmm. I do worry for her on that front. Um, if it's ignored and she's like Kara, that's good. Like I think upside is Kara. Downside is like um, I'm trying to think of a good good example. Like uh, like Liz from uh, Co Wrong. Yeah. yeah, I think looking at who we still have left to cover and thinking about who we have, like not a bad first boot choice. Like I mm-hmm. could just hear Gonzalezing and like not fitting in. And that's yeah. That, I actually wrote down that. That's who it reminds me of. Um, <laughs> no. So, I mean, I think she's some, like, and I'm like, there's all those people online who are like, Gonzalez totally could have won if she got like a little bit of a better footing in the game. She's somebody, I think Julia is somebody who has like a really, really low floor, but like a pretty high ceiling. Um, like mm-hmm. could be first boot, could, it's the stereotypical Jeff thing, but um, I don't know. There, there's nothing particularly jumping out at me with her. The thing in uh, her Twitter video is like Jeff is interjecting in all of these for some reason. Like that didn't happen last season. Don't know what <laughs> Jeff's doing. Um, but he talks about how Julia apparently said to him, I don't know why I'm here. So that's just a good thing to leave Julia on. Like that's yeah. an interesting, like you're here to A, either have an experience or like B, win the million dollars. And so. I don't know. Yeah, strange. It's, it's, strange it's not girl. hot. So uh, next up, uh, our Julie and Julie partner. Uh, we got Julie Rosenberg. 
um, representing, I forget where she's from. New York City. New York City. She's a and toy she, maker. Yeah, she has a, doesn't <laughs> she have an Etsy shop or something? I I don't know. I, I assume think. so. 46 years old. So um, I think if she's winning, I get like Denise Stapley vibes. Mm-hmm. And I, that was what I thought when I read her bio. And so all I'd seen was her picture. And then I watched her video and I was like, I'm not so sure on this anymore. So no, like the thing is, is like, she's pretty, like, she's pretty like fun. Like she seems like just a mom, like, like, yeah, really, like really mom. Like, um, and she said she applied it in the first season. Um, and she made it pretty far and then she didn't apply until a couple years ago. Uh, she is like a big fan. Like she's rewatched all the seasons a bunch of times. Uh, mm-hmm. She recognized Josh Wiggler, which is always a good sign, I think. Um, like, I don't know. Like, obviously, like if they're like, "Oh, we got to boot an older person," could be in danger. But I feel like a lot of these people specifically mentioned that they aren't going to care about challenge strength this time. Um, so mm-hmm. I could see her doing well. Like, I don't know. I think she can't get like pigeonholed into whatever role like whether that's a mom or like someone super under the radar or just like one place like definitely not under the radar just like consistent and like how denise was always sort of thinking about the game like i think we need to see that from julie as well yeah um i think if julie wins it'll be an obvious winner um because i think she is somebody who would be like has a high chance of being ignored. Um, yeah. I think almost of everybody she's in like, she's in my bottom five of uh, like most likely to get a lot of content. Um, like I could see her being Chelsea'd and being like after the season, like, like just like basically getting nothing. And then after the season it being like, Oh, she was actually a pretty big player who was pretty good. But uh, uh. yeah, if I, if I may refer to two foreign seasons, I didn't finish. So <laughs> references might be a little questionable here, but I either see like uh, Survivor South Africa Annalise. I thought that too. Or I see a Survivor New Zealand Tara. Okay, yeah, no, that's true. So in both of these cases, if you haven't watched them, it's basically like slightly older, not super strategically capable, following a stronger strategic force who at the end, in one of the cases proves to be a really good strategic player. And in the other case proves to still just be a follower. Um, I think, yeah, either of those is probably a good comparison or even like Jackie an Australian survivor too. Yeah. Like, like she seems like she's somebody who could do well. I really don't think she's going to win though. Like and if she is, it's going to be like, it's honestly going to be like Denise where she gets like a crazy first episode. Like we're just like, look how great Denise is. She, mm-hmm. she is Zane and devoting himself out. Especially looking at the rest of this cast, like if they find a, or this tribe, if they find a place for Julie amongst all that, like she's probably doing really good. I definitely agree with you. Um, There's like, yeah, like I think the two other ones that we have left, like are, I think going to take up a lot of TV time. Uh, Uh, Do you have anything else about Julie? Um, No, like I'm sure she'll be like an under the radar favorite of mine. I will have a conspiracy theory being like, this is Julie's winner edit. Yeah, she's not going to be first boot, I don't think. Um, Yeah, I don't think so. I feel like she'll she'll latch on to someone and be the loyal majority alliance member. Yeah. 
Yeah. I do think the one problem is like there isn't anyone super like her on this tribe. Like I actually like I would think if she was with Mr. Wardog that they would work <laughs> together. But like I don't know. And the I guess another thing that's super weird is this is another super fan who's going to hide it. Um so so far on this tribe we have Eric who's a super fan who's going to hide it and pretend to be the dumb firefighter. We have Gavin who's a super fan who's going to be pretend uh, he's not, and instead be a dumb Southern boy. Uh, we got Julia, who is going to say that she's a fan. We got Julie, <laughs> who's going to hide it and say that she's just a mom. Uh, uh-huh. Noticing a pattern of a lot of these super fans just completely hiding it. Well, it's good that like casting seems to be trending towards super fans. Mm. But like, if they continue to do that, like we need to realize that like everyone is a super fan and you can't play dumb like yeah like eventually that trick's just not gonna like you're not gonna be giving these people the benefit (laughs) like instead you'd have to be like oh why is this why did they pick this surfer (laughs) not like yeah (laughs) um okay so next up we got the the ron clark story the ron clark oh gosh i have questions (laughs) just all over the place this guy's fucking weird oh yeah (laughs) like I think he was one of the ones I saw the picture like right after the release they cast and I was like ooh I can I can get behind this like an older guy looks fun um I read his bio and I was like hmm weird I want to know more about the bamboo stick speller um he refers to himself as a mean girl and then I was like Ron Clark Academy what so Ron Clark is like the famous person on this season. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got your attorneys, but Ron Clark is like the famous one. He was on I knew Oprah. Him. Oh, you knew of him? Yeah, I did. I, I, I've probably heard his name because I, I feel like he was referenced in Waiting for Superman. Yes, like, he was. Okay, that's where I heard it. Um, but he was on Oprah uh, talking about how he was teaching, I think, in Harlem and like... Mm-hmm just um, improving graduation rates, like testing scores. And then he founded the Ron Clark Academy in Atlanta um, using those same strategies um, to teach teachers then. So, so I was like, okay, so a cool person, famous guy. And then I watched his video and he was weird. He's just bizarre. Like not someone I expected to be famous, I guess, or not how I expected him to be. Yeah, I really, like, I don't know, like, I had heard of him, like, one of my high school teachers was, like, like, worshipped at the, like, at the, like, shrine <laughs> of Ron Clark, um, like, uh, pedagogy, um, like, this guy is actually, like, a big deal in the teaching world, um, and yeah, like, he, like, Matthew Perry played him in a movie, uh, that he wants <laughs> um, I feel like this is, like, the case of, like, a really, really nice guy who got, like, a little bit of fame and it completely went to his head. Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. Like, he seems really high on himself. Uh, Yeah. And, like, he seems like he's, like, like, I feel like he has, like, Mike White upside, like, on, like, the super upside. But I feel like he has, like, David Sampson downside. Um, (laughs) It is freaking um uh first one out, he describes himself as like Johnny Fairplay. Like that's who he wants to play, <laughs> like in his bio he says he'll most be like Spencer Bledsoe. Yeah. So I guess one upside is he apparently is just like modeled every survivor puzzle ever done. 
like he just has spent like because apparently they just told him he was cast like he didn't go through the process so <laughs> cool um he is a fan though like he was a recruit but he like like he just got recruited he happens to be a fan yeah um, so he like had this giant time to just like print out all these puzzles and like just do them so he can do a lot of them like ridiculously fast um so if they repeat any puzzles this guy's just gonna win the challenges probably um but like he's weird like he's like he talks weird like yeah i i feel like people are gonna find him really annoying jeff says that actually um i guess he I, could do well like if he is like funny and charming like mike white but mike white's also like a comedian <laughs> yeah and mike white also went for the idol first and i feel like ron clark is gonna go straight for the idol yes and <laughs> Like, I feel like this is a situation where it could get him into a lot of trouble. I'm not seeing, like, a Natalie to take a lot of heat or, like, a Jeremy to, like, get all paranoid. Yeah, like... Like, your alternatives are, like, Julia or Julia who are just, like, inoffensive. And, like, I don't know. Yeah, this is a guy who, like, honestly, like, I think after David vs. Goliath, we found out, hey, Mike Witt was, like, a ridiculously capable survivor player. Like... His, yeah. like, social strategic game was, like, off the charts. Everyone in just, like, like from all accounts, it seems like if he was Mike D- Douglas or something, like, just, like, random dude, um, Mike White would have won Survivor David vs. Goliath, but people had a hard time voting for him because he was rich. And even then, mm-hmm. apparently, he fumbled the Final Travel Council and we didn't see it, and he talked about how he didn't really want to win and felt bad about it. So, like... I feel like Mike White is an exception to this rule. Most of these, like, I feel like most people like Mike White aren't as good of survivor players as Mike White. Whereas I feel like Ron Clark has Mike White's downsides, but not his upsides. Yeah. Um, Feels very Jimmy Johnson. Yes. Like, (laughs) he's not as famous, and I don't think he's rich even. So it's like, I don't, I think, I think this guy wants the money. Like, I think he's gonna hustle for (laughs) the money. Like, he's not gonna quit or anything, but, um, I think there's a good chance this guy gets voted out first. Um, but I think it'll be pretty obvious in the first episode. Like, they'll either highlight his in- inspiration or they'll highlight he's a fucking weirdo. Um, yeah. And I think episode one will know whether he's making it pet- making it to the merge or not. Yeah, definitely. Good candidate for, like, uh, like third confessional. <laughs> not, like, first, but, like, third. Yes. Like, I'm Ron Clark. I made the Ron Clark Academy um he's getting an uh, intro confessional yeah 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 um he uh, we've been pretty low on him that said he could do well he clearly knows survivor very well um like everyone else is referencing like i'm like jeremy and he's like i'm like johnny fairplay and rob sesternino that's always a good sign um so i'm optimistic there he does seem to genuinely understand survivor um it's more like will his own personality get in the way yeah, for sure. <laughs> he's another one who's hiding his super fandom. So weird. Because <laughs> he's famous, so he's just going to be like, I'm famous. <laughs> I was a recruit. What a Yo. what a weird like world we live in where it's like, no, no, I'm not a super fan. I'm just famous. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. the reason like, you shouldn't be worried about me. But yeah, like, he's a, like, yeah, and he, he's like older. Like, he really could just be the first move. <laughs> Um, so next up we got Victoria ba- Baymond. Baymondi. Baymondi. Because she's like, well, she's half Puerto Rican, half Italian. So it could be like Baymondi or like Baymondi. 
I don't know. It's not going to yeah. matter unless she like wins, which, oh yeah, that's going to happen. Um, 23, waitress in Bronx, New York. Um, also another journey of a bio. Um, her personal claim to fame is that she was a valedictorian of her college and she brings it up in conversation as much as possible. Um, her inspiration in life is her sick guinea pig scamp. Um, yeah, just, oh, and I, the line I quoted to Dan when I was looking at all these bios was when she answered the question, which survivor contestant are you most like? She said, and I quote, I relate to Malcolm Freeberg. If you read his wiki fandom page, he's described as likable, strategic, and excels at challenges. And I'd like to think I am the same way. So she's so funny. Like, <laughs> like this is, this is easily my favorite person on the cast. No questions. Um, she matched with Cochran on Tinder, and that's how she got on Survivor. Is <laughs> she matched with him on Tinder and was like, "Oh my God, Cochran! Like, can you get me in cats?" <laughs> didn't, but he gave her tips or whatever. Apparently, um, I really think that this girl could do really well. Um, mm-hmm. she's like, I think this is the weird girl who could win. Um, granted, I generally like the weird girls, but um, like she's really like her comedy is like really good like she's really 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 funny um and in her interview like like she's like well i'm not very good at challenges or anything else but uh i I guess i I guess the tribe could laugh at me like she's got good comedic timing which is like hard to do for one um so she's gonna get all kinds of confessionals i'm sure um i'm sure like she's not gonna get voted out first which on this tribe because there's like ron clark there um (laughs) Which I think would be her danger zone. Like I think, I think in Survivor people have different like danger zone kind of thing. Like where they can yeah. vote it out. Hers is gonna be like right at the start. Um, and I think she has enough buffer room on this tribe. So I think I think she's making it deep. She's a huge super fan. She has like this like exploration pirate fascination that's always pretty good. Um, and she had seemed to have a really good knowledge of strategy. Um. And I think like that, like no one's gonna like of all these super fans hiding it. I think she's gonna be the one who's gonna be able to get away with it the most because like even the talk online seems to be like, look at this moron. Like, like, <laughs> um, I think she will actually be able to hide it, and I think she's gonna be more capable than people realize. Her problem is gonna be like, can she win a jury vote? Is I don't think so. Um, yeah, but I, I think her like everything else should be top tier i think hmm i'm definitely high on her as a character i just don't have high estimate as high of estimations of her winning um in the twitter video jeff is like she's on planet victoria like she's just out on her own and like i get that like she just doesn't it's funny sometimes but it's in a way that i don't see her connecting well with people i guess Mm. I could definitely see Flame Out Victoria where everyone's like, oh my god, get me away from this person. <laughs> but I think you get bored out there, and I think if somebody's actually funny, it does you a lot of good. Um, but before you get funny. before you get bored, do you get annoyed? And then yeah. you get rid of your like potential... You don't realize you're going to need her later. And See, that's why I think it's good that she's on the... Like, I, she, in like, random season, strong first boot contender. And this season, I think she might be okay um but she had me just rolling like real funny um and i honestly think she could be a lot like cochran and like 
Caramoan, where he's like super funny, de- self-deprecating. People don't see much from him, but he's actually kind of playing a lot better than people realize. And then like before long, he's got like all the power. If this girl's winning, she's getting a Cochrane edit. Like she's she's gonna be like the Christian, you know what I mean? Like getting funny strategic confessionals. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I'm excited though. I'm excited for whatever journey Victoria takes us on. Her first episode if she's winning literally needs to be like like it'll be very obvious. Like I think of everybody, this girl's the most obvious whether she's winning or not in the first episode. Um if she gets like Debbie content, she's very obviously not winning. Um <laughs> Like she'll be very easy to eliminate because there's some aspects of her that they just won't show if um she's yeah running. yeah also if she gets voted out like cross her off she's not making it back <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's the comma tribe um uh, i guess of the two tribes i think i prefer the comma tribe um yeah they definitely like we haven't talked about the manu tribe yet so maybe i'll be swayed but they seem more fun like more of a mess than the other tribe i feel like the other tribe has a lot of like very straightforward like go-getter people Mm -hmm. like very on point and this tribe has some people who are just on their own planets so praise planet victoria (laughs) i'm gonna keep her there uh yeah she's definitely my favorite on the cast she's not my winner pick but she's definitely my favorite so next up we got the manu tribe um so this is the tribe that is uh starting with our returnee one of my favorite survivors of all time who i think is going to do terribly on this season mr david wright let's go not one of my favorites not my favorite um yep he got fourth in millennials versus gen x he was the the journey edit to define all journey edits um 24 years old television writer lives in california you know david what do we think about him I am personally so sad that this is the season he has to come back on. Um, like, I've been begging, like, on Game Changers, I'm like, please, David Wright. And then, I'm like, like, you know what I mean? Like, every time there's any speculation of returning, I'm like, okay, let's go. Like, get him on Survivor Legends. I don't think he needs to do this one um, for whatever, like, big returning season I'm sure they'll do one day. Because um, he's, he's, like, an icon. He's great. Like, he's one of the best one-timers of all time, I think. Um, and now I'm sure that he's just going to kind of be like, like he's a terrible person to bring back on a mixed season, I think. Cause he's like not good at challenges, but he'll still be threatening. Like, it's just like a terrible cross section there. Um, yeah. David is creative gameplay, like personified. I think like he's very, very, like very creative, very, um, aggressive. Like he's like, um, he's really unlike a lot, like he's like a super fan who like actually walks the walk about being like, yeah, I'm not afraid to do things. If I have to, like, I'm not going to sit back. Um, a great example is the complete cluster heck. That was um, the Lucy vote where like literally like so many people were flipping on it. Like, like he gets Jessica to vote like, or he gets Ken to vote one way and then he gets all these people to vote another way. Then he plays an idol and Jessica and like, just like immaculate play in my opinion. Um, one of the merch plays of all time, and and like he had an idol, and he could like he could have done the boring thing, um, but he didn't, and he like he was willing to be like I'm gonna make a big move here because I think it's better, um, and a bunch of people were like, wait, why, Dave, why are you even doing anything pre-merge? And it paid off really well, um, and I really think that he's somebody who's not just gonna because I think that's the problem with super fans sometimes is they laurel it up, you know, what I mean, they get on there and they're like. 
I'm going to sit back, do nothing, because uh, that's optimal play. Uh, you can't get mm-hmm. noticed. Uh, and David's somebody who's like, fuck that. Like, I'm going to do my own thing and still do well and actually do a lot better than you and be more respected. Um, he's one of my all-time faves, and I just really think a mixed season is terrible for him. Yeah, I don't feel like this is his season to win. Um, he's one of the ones, he didn't have a Twitter video, so I went ahead and listened to the first one out, and um, he seems just more concerned with being like, like making big moves than winning. And I get that, like the Laurel, like downside of it all is like, if you don't make big moves, but you also have to be like conscious of what you're doing, but he's out here talking about how he's going to make fake idols or like that fake advantage, which sounds really cool, but like, I, is it going to backfire or what? Like what does it really do other than embarrass somebody? Like, I guess, I guess I shouldn't say that after Dominic actually saved himself with a fake idol, but that's the first time it's ever actually done anything. Um, and that was like a God tier play. I think that lost him the game. Um, <laughs> like most of the time, these fake things that everyone gets so obsessed about, like, like, okay, you made D- Jay look like a dick. But like, other than that, like, yeah, it's like, a whole lot. it's a big, it's like the quintessential, like big move. Like, yeah. it, but it doesn't actually accomplish a lot for your game. And yeah, I just don't think he has a good shot here to win. Like, it just doesn't doesn't feel like he vibes well, I guess, especially with this cast. I don't know. And, like, he's honestly too, like, like when you think of David, you think of, like, like, I guess the one thing is he was super loyal. Like, super loyal. So that should be pretty good. Like, he's, like, an alpha player who's, like, loyal. But, like, I don't know. Like, uh, sure, he grew a lot over Miles for Gen X, but he's still, like, a tiny, awkward dude. Um, and, like, he doesn't have that growth to do. Yeah, no one can be like, oh, poor harmless David, because, like, we've seen people go to rocks for him. Like, Yeah. Which is like, weird, because, like, Aubrey had that same moment where she was super vulnerable at first, and then she, like, grew out of it. And then she's had another season to come back, but she didn't do anything. And now it's just, like, it's hard to do stuff with a growth edit character, I think. Like, mm-hmm. they really have to be ready to come back and, like, win their next season, and I just don't think this is the environment for for it. Yeah, I think it's just odd. Like, I I don't know. Like, I'm sure they were just that excited to have him back that, uh, like, I'll get him on the first chance we get, but um, it's just a strange choice. Yeah, he's not gonna. I don't think he's gonna do well. Like, he has the capability too. Like, he's a really great player. I think. Um, I'm really worried this is gonna make people be like, "He's look, he wasn't even that great." But I think he played one of the best games ever, and uh, Metal Version X. Like, honestly, like maybe the best game to never win. Mm, I don't know about that, but sure. Um. So I don't know. Do you have anything else to say? I mean, like, I think with these returning players, like, obviously he's gonna get a ton of content. Yeah. Um, it just, I'm kind of interested, like, I kind of can't, I can kind of picture everyone else's content. I can't really picture David's, um, like, it's not going to be like, I'm so awkward again, I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know the story was there in Millennials vs. Gen X, but it's hard to put, like, pieces to it, even, like, yeah, it's like, where does he go from here? Where does he go as, like, someone who starts at the top? Like, mm-hmm. 
I think that could be captivating. And he, like, obviously, he's a he's a writer. That's what makes a lot of his confessionals so good. Is he's very poetic. I'm sure he can spin it into something really good in the confessional, and I'm sure that'll be fun to watch. Like, um, because like his whole thing was like he had a like he was so anxious that um, and yeah. So Millennials for Ten X is a season like all about like anxiety, um, mm-hmm. and I think obviously David's like the poster boy for that. Um, but like his whole thing was kind of like he had a fear of life so much because of his anxiety, but now that now he's willing to actually be confident and like vulnerable with people. Whereas before he was more guarded. Um, I think that could be pretty interesting is like, if he actually is his end of millennial version X self. Um, Cause that's like, I feel like that's like, we don't usually get the, like, I'm a super confident super fan. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so I hope that's kind of what we get a nice twist on it, but that's all I have for David. Yeah. On to Kelly Wentworth. Uh-uh. She's 31 now. Um, she was on San Juan del Sur. I don't know what she got. She went out pre-merge. Like, no right one... before the merge, though. Yeah. Well, I think she went before Dale, right? Yeah, she did. Okay. So, yeah. Lose right before the merge. No one's gonna remember her. What a boring person. Right? Oh, wait. Second Chance comes along. Kelly Wentworth. Or... Wasn't there like Miss Survivor or something? And she yeah. really campaigned for that. And then, yeah, she got on Second Chances and dominated the social media part of uh, Second Chances. Yeah. Um, and she wasn't went worthless. She, <laughs> no, she wasn't. She was went worthwhile and got fourth with some. My mom's all time favorite survivor, Miss Kelly Wentworth. <laughs> I think even my mom's not excited to see her on this season. Um, what so, a what a strange person. Also, another person didn't have a Twitter video, so I listened to first one out. So strange. Yeah, like I don't know. I guess she'll do well. I guess I can't. I don't really know. She's like the question mark for me. Yeah, she just feels like Kelly Wentworth feels like she'll be the most Kelly Wentworth presence there ever was. She'll be more CP light. She'll do some iconic stuff, and then she probably won't win. Still. I agree with that. Um, <laughs> and honestly, like, I guess my take is that the Kama tribe is more likely to be positive to their attorneys. I think the Manu tribe is more likely to get uh, regicide and want to kill the popular people, um, which makes me worry for these two a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah. Like, I this tribe's more alpha-y um, and full of people who might not be okay with the like these people stealing their TV time kind of thing. Um, so I kind of worry for them. Um, Kelly basically seemed like she wants to play like the same. Like it didn't. Yeah. It doesn't feel like she has any, like, like Joe's like, I want to come out here and I want to be more villainous or whatever. Kelly's like, yeah, I think what I did last time worked. Like, <laughs> I guess it's like with these people who come like fourth and it's like, well, if I just, I guess be better at some motion, um, I would have won if I was. <laughs> yeah. Like, really, what do they have to improve? Do they realize their problems? Like, it's hard to say. Um, yeah, that's an interesting thing to think about because, like, the person who goes out before the final tribal council is usually just a good player who the numbers ended up not working out. And so, like, yeah, they didn't play the best game because they didn't win, but, like, to go back and fix their mistakes almost needs to like reroute the season so much or they need to win one immunity challenge and so it's hard it's weirdly because you want to see them back 
because they were good players, but you also know they're going to be just the same. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know. I like she's somebody who like seems social enough. Um, obviously, she ended up on the bottom in second chance. Uh, she was on the bottom enough to get voted out in Sam Wendell Sir. Uh, so it's like it's kind of hard to. I feel like she. I don't really remember much of Kelly Wentworth pre-merge other than finding the idol and stuff. I mm-hmm. kind of don't remember if she, I feel like she didn't go to many tribals pre-merge. Um, that might be completely wrong though. I, um, I don't remember either. It's an, it's an interesting one where she was like this, like non-entity after San Juan del Sur, um, came back big in second chances. And now she's like, like in the first one out, Josh is always talking about how now people are saying Kelly Wentworth is their favorite or the one mm-hmm. they're most like. So how does she contend with that? Yeah, it's kind of interesting because her big thing in Second Chance was like, no one knew me. Like, I'm going to prove that I'm not just a forgettable pre-merge girl. I'm more than that. But like, now she did. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. like now what? Like, now you're a legend. What do you do for that? Yeah. <laughs> So it, it, I think it's interesting. Um, I'm excited to see her back. Um, again, I kind of like, like th- these are like four of my, well, two, these two specifically are two of my all-time faves. And I'm not super pumped to see them back. So I can't imagine like the casual audience really is. Like, I feel like, I feel like casual audience does not enjoy returnees, but. Hmm. We'll no, I think, I feel like this group is like a group they like, like they can find a favorite yeah. somewhere among them, but like. I don't know. Just it feels like they're just out here with like fourteen random people. Like yeah. it's weird. I don't know. Yeah, and we've never seen the two returnees on each tribe thing before, so we'll see how that yeah. goes. Yeah, that'll be interesting. <laughs> so I guess that's the end of our attorney section, finally. Um yeah. next up we got the man, Chris Underwood. <laughs> um I have no idea like I honestly haven't been paying attention to the preseason buzz too much, but this guy better be on everybody's radar as like a top winner candidate. I think like this guy is ridiculously knowledgeable about survivor. Like, like, like there's a bunch of super fans on this cast, but this guy's, this guy's the super duper fan. Um, (laughs) He's just like, so cool. He's got so much charisma. He's like, like he's like an attractive buff dude. Who's again, hiding that he's a super fan. He's just saying he's a swim instructor. Um, I do think that he's somebody who could get away with it. Um, he is somebody who like uh, reminds me of Tyler Crispin from Big Brother, like just ridiculously big Survivor fan. Um, like he was referencing like random stuff from the evolution of strategy to Josh. Like he'd yeah. clearly listen to it and listen to it multiple times, um, or at least has like a killer memory. Um, I, I think this guy, like the sky, is the absolute limit for him. Yeah. I he feels very much like like a golden boy almost like he has it all I I don't know it's tricky to sort of go from there like what'll get edited as like you can't see any like faults in visibility um the thing I wrote was like don't let him fall into like similar pits as Michael was in Mm -hmm. like during what's that season called Ghost Island um I Felt like I saw a lot of things with Michael that people weren't picking up on and people kept being saying, oh, Michael has a good shot of winning. He's like been shown so positive, but like there are faults in there. And I think Chris can go the same way where uh, he looks good most of the time, but it just doesn't all piece together. So, yeah, this guy is like, like yeah, Michael's a perfect comparison where like he's going to be 
on our edgex winner contender even if he's like invisible you know what i mean like um like he's just i feel like he's just gonna get really good content no matter what um and he's somebody who you can never discount i don't think um because he does have so many layers uh he's very ogre like that way um but like i don't know i think the big thing is like he just yeah he's just gonna get good content no matter what which makes it really difficult to track i think Uh, the worst way he could go is i feel like we're saying a lot of things that we were saying about dan rangering last season so if he goes like bad like we'll see it quick but that's probably the worst he could go like yeah, if he gets he's... really jazzed about the game and like over the top and I think that's where he falls into trouble. He definitely could have Dan upside, like or downside, I guess. Cause like <laughs> yeah, like he is somebody who is just like a good dude, like who I guess maybe could be a little bit of a like a little bit of a bozo. Um so it's hard to say a hundred percent. Um but I do think like genuinely like he and he loves wrestling, so I'm a big fan of that. Like uh, <laughs> any anyone who's gonna bring more wrestling to a survivor, I'm down with. He uh, shouted out Ric Flair and did the woo thing. Um, so <laughs> like, yeah, you go, Nature Boy. Um, yeah, and like this is another guy who like will kill it if he ever gets to edge of, the edge of extinction. Uh, he's like a dive instructor who loves fishing and hunting. Like yeah, he's gonna do just fine there. Uh, Which I think the one thing is I. I guess he's a big physical asset to the tribe, but looking at the tribe, he doesn't really have someone I can see him like getting close to right away. Mm-hmm. Like no one feels like a perfect fit. Like I maybe mean, I'm sure we could see. I think if we're gonna get villainous, uh, Chris or like bad Chris, uh, we're gonna we're gonna get the war dog Chris Underwood duo that everyone's gonna hate. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think that I think that's the thing is like Chris feels like one of those people who like could be like a good guy and like a good like a hero or he could be like fret boy jerk like um kind of like one of those I feel like he's one of those guys who like with the wrong friends he he could be like an asshole but then like he talked to him one on one and he's really nice yeah um, yeah that's probably a good because he's good not a leader person. like he's definitely a dork like he's like just the way he talks like he like I don't know like uh whoever said like aurora said uh survivors all like who who you were in high school i feel like he's a little bit of a dork Mm -hmm. um yeah i think he's probably my winner pick but he's also like i don't know he's also probably the closest to joey amazing on this cast and like joey amazing Mm -hmm. i feel like he's a big like if it's a if we're in a period of meat shield strategies he's like a shield and not the yes. one behind it so i agree um and like being like the super fan who is the like people are gonna try and use them as a shield if he can outsmart them that's really good uh this is somebody who i think will be obvious if they're the winner hmm. he'll be like cpp5 the entire season yeah but i could see him just being that anyway that's also true I, like i think it would be a coronation if he won like it would just be like look how great this guy is what like he honestly he he looked like malcolm did i think and he'd probably look like that anyway, but he's he's basically Malcolm. You know what I mean? It's like super strategic Aussie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's going to get good content. <laughs> I think the thing I'm going to be weighing is like, yep, Dan got good, or Chris got good content, but is it just what he would have got anyway? Like yes. what differentiates him? So Next up, we got our boy Wardog, Dan <laughs> Da Silva. Um, 
38 in Los Angeles, uh, former military, but currently a law student. And he is just like, can't tell people I'm a law student. Don't want them thinking I'm smart. Which I think is smart. Uh, That's easy to hide, I think, if you're a 38-year-old man. Like, no one's going to be like, is this guy a lawyer? Dan, like, I saw Dan, the war dog De Silva, and just sort of was like, like, I think if you're calling yourself the war dog, like, it just sort of tips you off that things are up. Like, it just isn't, like, why is law student such a concern if you're the war dog? I don't know. Well, so that's the thing is, so Jeff even mentioned it, is he just just decided he wants to go by war dog. Um, he's going to really, he's basically said he's going to really play up the war, like that he's a veteran. Um, and like, just like a, like, not really like, um, anything super, like he hasn't done super, anything super incredible since the war or anything like that. Like, you know, like since he's come back, like he's just a veteran, uh, he's not really doing anything. Um, but I think there is a, like, I think the fact that he's a law student and he's really smart and he's done all these like really incredible things is really good for him. I think people are good. I think he is the perfect example of somebody who's going to be mistakenly used as a meat shield when he's actually really smart and is a big fan of Survivor. Another guy who's hiding it. Um, and he's somebody who I was actually shocked at how, like Chris, how specific he could be about being a fan. Um, and just like Survivor Minutia, which a lot of these people kind of seem like they failed to do. Like they're like, I've seen every season, but this guy's like, he knows every season. Huh. I don't know. I'm. I feel like I need to see him in action before I I can really get a full judgment. I guess I wrote down, like, he has the heroic attributes of, like, someone in the military. And then I think, like, depending on how big this character is, like, it might not necessarily be, like, a distance to his chances. Mm-hmm. Like, he definitely seems like he can be a big character. He can be, like, a Tony and, like, win. But, like, it just has to be portrayed the right way. See... He actually touched on Tony in first one out. He talked about how people are going to think he's like a Tony or a Joe. And he's going to do everything in his power to be the opposite. Uh, that's why he's going with the war thing. He's trying to play like as a big, dumb, macho guy, like who isn't going to be super controlling, isn't going to be anything like that. Um, so I think he's really aware of that. Um, I think that's why he's going as war dog instead of Dan. Um, I think he wants to, like, honestly, this is my take. He's the Johnny Nitro of this season, um, where he's actually, like, a nice, sensitive guy who just has, like, this, like, uh, more uh, macho or out-there out persona. But he's actually, like, a nice, calm, chill, smart dude. And I think, like, he's somebody who I'm very close to considering my winner pick, which, like, at the start, I was like, there's no chance. But I think this guy's got a real good shot maybe i feel like i'm coming around to it i think just seeing the war dog really threw me off Mm -hmm. but i guess it's working then like it's not how he actually is and his bio answers are also very weird like like they 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 almost seem like like they're like very braggy um which is and like Uh, yeah confusing so like that that was the worst thing but then when i actually heard him talk like i don't know like i was very impressed Hmm. And obviously, like, he's somebody who, like, I don't know, like, episode one, he very easily could be like, this guy's an asshole, we hate him, like, like, what a dick, or it could be like, wow, he's surprisingly nice. Um, 
And mm-hmm. uh, one of those is obviously more likely to be Winter Warthog. I think I want to see like a John Hennigan premiere from him. Yes, yes. I think he. I think he really could be uh, very similar to Johnny Nitro. Yeah, that was a that was a good comparison to touch on. All right, next up we got our girl Lauren um, O'Connell. Yes, um, she's a student athlete, or was she just graduated yeah. two days ago, or like before the season started? Yes, a week ago, something like that. Um, she wants to go into dentistry school, um, and she's currently in Waco, Texas. So, twenty-one years old, pretty young. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah. I wasn't sure on Lauren. Feels like it could she could just be an under the radar character. I don't know. She seems on like th- this girl is gonna be Laurel. I think it's kind of funny that she has such a similar name. Like she's a big fan, but she I like I think she's the big fan in the way that she's gonna be like super low key. Like yeah. she's gonna be the other one who like and then like well like I, I'm sure we're gonna think she's winning. Um, like she's super athletic obviously um like she's very clearly smart she seems to have an okay knowledge of survivor strategy she's seen all the seasons at least uh but again didn't seem i wouldn't say she's a super fan she's like a fan um i think she could do well like she'll probably play optimally um and i guess she could win but i do think that she'll largely be ignored yeah I think we're not likely to see a lot from her episode one, especially if she's not winning. Like, just seems like she's kind of normal. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I I like her. I definitely, she'll be a favorite, but not much to go on now. To me, she seems like somebody who like, I, I don't know. I'm sure everybody listening to this knows somebody like this who like, you're like, Hey, how's it going? And they're like, wow, pre-med is so tough. You know, like I just have so much work to do, but like, you know, I love it. Like, like, I don't know. Like, I think she's a very specific type of overachiever kind of person um, that probably doesn't realize that people don't super love those conversations. Um, yeah. I think, I think she could turn people off more than she thinks she could. Um, I don't think she's going to go anywhere early on, but then again, no one on this tribe feels super early boot. Actually, never mind. That's fake news. There's somebody, who, <laughs> there's somebody who's leaving first, but we've just yet to talk about them. Um, I, um, I think, I don't know. She could do very well, but I think she, I really think that she'll probably be a lot like Laurel. Yeah, I don't see her making huge moves. And her reason for being on Survivor, she's definitely like, she has two reasons. She starts with like, oh yeah, I just want to like prove myself and like be like, I just want to have this experience. And then like another paragraph and she's like, uh, I'm going to dentist school tomorrow and or not tomorrow next year and that's expensive and I need the money for it so <laughs> like yeah I know I, I I'm really not super high on her like she seems like she could do well but I really I think she's somebody who's gonna be like everyone's preseason winner pick I actually haven't looked to see if this is uh, a lot of people are high on her but I feel like a lot of people are gonna be super high on her and hmm. just like everyone was high on Laurel. Um, but I think people don't realize that people usually don't like these academic, like, like people don't like people who are too perfect, you know, like, um, I think she's in that mold, like too, like, like too many things, right. And people are like, eh, you're not my favorite. Like, <laughs> It's like, there's too many things outwardly, right. And then you're like, okay, so where, where's the wrong, like, yes. what are you hiding? Like, I think um, she might be a lot more boring than she thinks she is. Yeah. 
I that's like I, basically where I'm at. I see three possibilities, like super under the radar character. Like, um, I thought I had three, but I can only think of two now. Like, oh, like the middle one is like little bits of content that are like enough to like trick us and be like, what about Lauren? Or that's like, the, that's what I'm thinking we're getting. Or like, um, like a Kara edit where it's like mm. present and it tricks a lot of people because, oh my gosh, a young girl with a good edit. Yeah. In this economy. No way. Granted, I do think there, like, to be fair to Lauren, I do think there is a chance that this girl's, like, amazing and is, like, like, I I think she's one of the very few who has at least the upside to be, like, a survivor legend if that boring part isn't true. Like, I think she could be, like, the next Kelly Wentworth um, mm-hmm. kind of thing if she's really amazing. I just don't think she is. I think that's what a lot of people are thinking she's going to be, and I think she's going to be a lot more boring than that. Yeah. Ah, uh, that's probably good for Lauren, yeah. Yeah, we skipped poor Keith. Keith <laughs> Sowell. <laughs> I, in my list, I had it uh, in my notes. I Apparently, L comes before K, so. <laughs> um. Yeah, Keith Sowell, the youngest person on the cast. He's the 19-year-old, and he's going to own it. Like, um, he is a pre-med student from uh, Durham, North Carolina. This guy's terrible. <laughs> like this is the one who I'm like like how did this guy get cast? I don't know if like it's like maybe I'm something's wrong with me or something, but like he just like is so boring. Like like they might be trying like to me this guy reads like the Cody Nixon or the JP Hilsebeck thing where like they're clearly trying to get somebody who's just like so boring, maybe they're entertaining. It worked for yeah. Cody, didn't work for JP. I don't know. No, I get like Davy vibes, like kind of like thinks they're a character, and like we don't really know until they start doing things. Like, see, I think I see, I I definitely see that. Like, he's a lot like Davy, especially with like all the religious stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like he's Davy just without like I think he thinks he's Davy. <laughs> yeah, but, like yeah. Davy's actually an entertaining person. Uh, and we were both <laughs> high on Davy preseason, I think. Um. Yeah. Whereas like, like and Davy was like a late season like late late in the game, like he was a replacement. Like so all of his stuff felt kind of weird. Like he feels like that, but like he was just cast like normally. <laughs> like maybe so. Davy's replacement on this season. <laughs> like, um I don't know, like he just like it just feels like there's nothing super special about him. It really feels he feels like Will Wall, honestly. Like, his story is going to be, I'm 19 and I'm not scared of my age because I'm mature and maybe I'm a little bit better than I think I am kind of thing. Like, I'm everybody's little brother. He says he's a super fan and then he's only seen, like, half the seasons. Like, yeah, that's always, that's the worst sign, I think. I think if someone says they're a super fan and they aren't, that's like. Guess who his favorite is? Jeremy Collins. Shocking. He's the new Parvati. Yeah. I thought you meant Keith was the new Parvati and I was like, what? No, Jeremy Collins. <laughs> As in, everybody says that they're like him. Yeah. Um, this guy is not like Jeremy Collins, I don't think. Um, no. In either version. Like, I really feel like he is going to be boring. Like, I really think he's... This guy's not getting content, I don't think. Or yeah. he'll be like... I could see him being first boot. Um, yeah. If, like, some people we still have yet to talk about, like, find their way into mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's like four people below him or three people below him who I I could also see his first boot, which 
probably helps them a little bit, but um, this guy's not winning. I don't think I feel, I feel pretty confident on that. Uh, (laughs) He also, I think has the same problems as Lauren. So maybe they'll get along really well. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. Yeah. Where it's just like, like all his content, like all his bio stuff. And like all he talked about in the interviews was like how he like, like how he's going to Duke and like Duke's the best school in his area. And like, everyone loved him so much and knew he's going to be a success. And so he was, and like that bothers people a lot. Um, yeah no one likes talking to that person like 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 you like you like their facebook post uh once a year when they post something bragging and like they don't like they think (laughs) they think you don't realize they're bragging but you do um and that's what his bio and talking felt like um i know so many people like this probably a lot of people think i'm like this um (laughs) like it's just uh yeah it's just like very like all highlights and like cool but like i want to have a real conversation and yeah I like, feel like he, he's he, like to me he really re- feels like the kind of person who like he's talking to you and he they're like hey joe my man like uh remember your mom you have a mom yeah you love your mom <laughs> yeah. later man wasn't that a good conversation and then you're like wow like he really pretended to like me for five minutes like uh, we talked because it was a social thing that we do yeah not like we wanted to talk to each other yeah and, and like those people never realize that's how they come off at all um and he seemed like that and then also kind of boring and he's gonna be obsessed about being 19 um <laughs> i'm sure that's all he's gonna fucking talk about and he um, really feels 19 like yeah. a lot of things we're talking about like typical like young people yeah, like remember like, Michael I mean, Yerger when we're like, "Wow, how's this guy 19? It's like, "Oh, right, this is what 19 year olds are like." Like they don't realize that they, like they really don't realize that like, like being like getting good grades in high school really means nothing. Like it really doesn't. Like no one gives a shit. Like I don't know. Yeah, it's like a newfound like excitement that like unfortunately like is stripped away from you as you get older, <laughs> and then like. And this is like kind of an older cast. Like, there's a lot of people in their 30s and 40s who yeah. probably don't want to put up with that. So. Our next person ain't gonna put up with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is Reem Daly, who is <laughs> not gonna like Keith. She is 46 years old, um, lives in Ashburn, Virginia, and is in sales. Uh, major like Sue Hawk vibes. It's like <laughs> Sue Hawk was transported. Uh, 19 years into the future and is now playing on the 38th season of Survivor. And it has like, oh my gosh, she's so fucking funny. Like, like she has like, like she was talking about like, Josh is like, hey, uh, do you have a strategy going in? And she's like, no, but don't you think all the people who do are probably going to be the first one out? Like, <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. Looks at Keith. Um, like, I don't know. Like, she clearly hasn't seen much Survivor, I don't think um or if she has she doesn't remember it very well she says she's seen all these seasons but her favorites are stephanie lagrosa and rudy rudy yeah. Bosch. so I, to me like, this girl is angry facebook casual like they just found her on like they must have just found her on the facebook group you know what i mean like being like ozzy's the best ever like, angelina's never, terrible get her off her screen i'm never watching again now that joe's been zoned out like <laughs> um She's like super deadpan and fun. Like I really think she's gonna be a lot. Like she's a lot of Casp Suhawk probably. Um, probably that mix. Yeah. Um, 
I I don't think she's winning. No. But I hope she makes it so far. Yeah. She's going to be like the foil, you know what I mean? Like like I think her content's going to be mostly comedic or maybe not comedic, but like uh, she's going to be making fun of people, I think. Like I think her content's going to be like Cass, like her mm-hmm. confessionals where it's just like Cass is really funny, like like in Kagiyan, where it's like, well, we're the ship for Brains Tribe, like, or <laughs> like um, when she's being like, you know what I mean? Like when she's talking about like David Samson, like, like there's just a lot of content, like where Cass yeah. just gets to kind of like dig into people. Um, I really think that's what Reem's going to do. I think she's going to dislike a lot of these people and maybe do a decent I, job at hiding it. I think if she's a good player, we see some like Lauren upside, like Lauren mm-hmm. from Triple H, but I don't know, that's still a big journey to the end. But um, Lauren's a lot less like, or is a lot more like cartoony. Like, like Reem is just like, like she doesn't give a shit. You know what I mean? Like she's yeah. like, uh, she's like your aunt who like just says what she means, <laughs> and it like kind of makes you uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah, she is like literally like the aunt who doesn't care on Survivor. Yeah, like <laughs> she'll be fun. I think. Like I really think she'll be a good character. Um, I think her and War Dog will hit it off and do well. Yeah. I just hope she doesn't like fall into Angela territory. She feels like the Angela. She definitely could, like, because that's the thing is like I don't know, like she, I I feel like she will probably, um, because yeah. Angela preseason we were like, oh, this girl's gonna be a who, like she's gonna go nuts, <laughs> and I was like, oh no, like sometimes crazy isn't entertaining. Well, I think it would have been entertaining, but Ghost Island got caught up in its like very narrow storylines and there wasn't room for yeah. Angela except that's when she was like swallowing things whole. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Like I hope, I hope game wise she's not like Angela. Cause I think Angela's a big reason ghost Island sucked. Um, mm-hmm. Cause like, it'd be like, Oh, these people clearly hate you, Angela. And she's like, but I stick by my people. I don't think, yeah. I don't think Reem has that. Uh, yeah. Reem is like different in that she doesn't yeah. care and is like, Going to do things, but like, yeah. I hope she's more Cass. I I I really think she has that potential. Um, less smart, like 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 not strategic Cass. I think, and I'm fine with that. Like, she seems like good casting. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I I really see her as like the number two to a really good player. That's what I wrote down. Mm-hmm. She's my favorite, like person wise. Like, That's sick. I want room to do well. Um, but yeah, so next up her. we got uh Rick. He's a yeah. news anchor from Macon, Georgia. Another Southern boy, Another but Southern like boy. Southern man, Southern dad. Yeah. This guy seems more authentic. I think, like, yeah, like I'm, I'm excited to see. Dad. I'm excited to see what Rick brings. He's just kind of weird. He's the one who could be like JT, not like JT with a Stevens, like not Steven wearing JT's fucking skin suit. Um, it's like JT wearing Steven's skin suit. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> like, this is the guy that everyone's going to be like, oh yeah, I'm sure you're from the South, buddy. Like, <laughs> Nice fake accent. Meanwhile, he's the one who's actually like a outdoorsy Southern dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I think maybe we'll get some focus on survival with the Edge of Extinction mm-hmm. theme if he's winning. Um, good moments about his family and stuff. He seems very attached to like his family, so yeah, he seemed like he, he he's gonna get the dad content, like crying about his family mm-hmm. and that stuff. He's pretty funny, like he's like maybe not funny. He's like funny's probably the like wrong word. He's like he's goofy, 
Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's like, I don't think he's going to be in too much danger early. He doesn't seem like he's going to overplay. Like, I feel like he's one of the people who will probably play pretty well. Um, but uh, I don't know. He's somebody who honestly didn't leave a huge impression on me, but just in the way that I'm like, oh, yeah, you seem like generic, comma, good. Yeah, it was very much like Rick Devins. I get it. Like, I get it. I get what we're going to kind of be in store for. We'll see how yeah. it develops. But, like, I don't have much to say otherwise. Yeah. Like, he'll probably get, like, a. I feel like he'll probably kind of get, like, a Journey-ish edit. Um, Like, I can, like, that's the thing is, like, I can picture his confessionals. Like, he'll talk about like um like i kind of like to me he feels like the personification of ben's confessionals where he'd be talking and then all of a sudden he'd start laughing and be like oh <laughs> uh, like i don't know i can just like see what he's gonna talk about and stuff like it just like like yeah he feels like a secondary character he does so, like whatever's going on like he's there but like not the focus so. Like he's definitely gonna get a confessional where he's like, and I'm a news anchor from Georgia or whatever, and I'm I find myself working with someone named War Dog. Kids are gonna be surprised about that. <laughs> <laughs> he's like his own jokes, Kevin. If they go to tribal, like episode one, like he might not get a confessional early on, but like after they come back, he'll be like, well, here's how the sides are shaping up, and mm-hmm. totally not in danger or anything, but. I agree. He's not going. I don't think he's like a open confessional guy. Like I feel like he's he's gonna be more low key no matter what. I think. Yeah. Um, but like probably some funnyish confessionals and stuff. Uh. So yeah, that's that's Rick, I guess. That's Rick. Uh. Next up is someone who I have. Um. Our final returnee, Wendy Joe. Yeah. Honestly, like I think she's a lot like Wendy Joe. Um, eh. I'll hear your argument, but I okay. Think, um, so we got Wendy Diaz. Let's give her a fair uh, discussion. Yeah, small business owner from Bell, California, twenty-five years old. Oh, she might be the Etsy shop owner. That's probably it. I was going to ask. I don't know what she owns as a small. Oh business. no, she's like a CEO of something. No, she actually is like an actual small business owner. Okay. Um, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, okay, so you're obviously a lot higher on her than I am. I'm. It's it's hard to be lower. Uh, for me, but uh, you go. <laughs> um, I think just what I saw from her, her stuff. She like obviously definitely looks like she's not going to like do well, but I think she realizes that and is going to do the things she needs to to make it farther than it appears. I can see her going Gonzalez real quick, but I think she also has the ability to like what people say about Gonzalez and play past that and get further. I think that Wendy is significantly worse than Gonzalez. Um, I think Gonzalez would be insulted to be compared to Miss Wendy. Oh no. Um, I like literally I was listening to her and like, there's a, there's a lot of red flags. So um, she describes herself as obsessed with survivor and a huge super fan. And I think she's seen three seasons. Um, she really feels like the kind of person who like like a Fallout Boy album comes out and she's never listened to it before, and then uh, all of a sudden her Twitter's just about how she's loved Fallout Boy her entire life. Um, and like, I think she's a bandwagoner. Is what I'm saying. 
Um, I think she likes, uh, I think she wants to be like the cool scene kid kind of thing. And she's not, um, she <laughs> doesn't seem to understand. Like she reminds me a lot of B's confet or B's preseason content last year where we were like, this girl clearly is lying about seeing some of these seasons. Um, oh, like yeah. B said that Ben was a calm, nice guy. Um, <laughs> Wendy, Wendy just feels like she's either lying or wasn't paying attention to the season she was watching. Um, I, I I don't know. Like, her boyfriend got her into it. Um, it feels like her boyfriend loves Survivor, and she loves her boyfriend. Um, <laughs> and, like, that's always... Like, everyone who's ever been in that situation has always done really poorly, I think. Like, I'm thinking Simone, whose boyfriend's, like, the biggest super fan ever. Well, shame you aren't. Um, <laughs> like... <laughs> um, yeah she's kind of weird like she's not super social she laughs at her own jokes all the time um i think she like like i think she thinks she's like aubrey but she's not um (laughs) like i just she is the person who like for me people i'm sure will say uh stephanie gonzalez i think this is rachel aiko from (laughs) millennials were showing yeah on a tribe with David Wright, who's gonna be like, "Oh, right, there's Rachel. Let's vote her out again." Hmm. But do you think, like, post journey, David Wright would be like, "Vote out Rachel," or would he be like, "Hold on to Rachel"? Mm. That's true. Like, I, I think, think her- I think if Wendy stays true to the things she said that she was going to do, she would have a chance. I just don't know if I trust her to do that. Yeah, like. I don't know. I think the thing for um, Wendy is that I think she could do well if, because I think honestly, if you look at this tribe, like on the beach, they're just going to be like, oh, she's going to be the first boot. Um, But I think maybe she looks so much like, a like she might have like Steph or not. What's what's her name? Natalie, Miss Natalie Cole upside where it's like, how did you forget her name? for (laughs) For some reason I was saying Stephanie. I think i just had some i don't know whatever but the <laughs> natalie cole queen um i think she might have that upside where it's like she's so obviously a first boot that people like a lot of these hungry super fans aren't going to want to give a boring first boot kind of thing they're going to be want to pocket wendy and then go after somebody else yeah um but to me that's like, no credit like i give no credit to natalie for staying i get i'll like, you know, like <laughs> um so i guess that's the thing i just if she's in the merge, I don't know. I also think she's going to be kind of boring. Like, I think, I don't think she's as quirky as they think she is. I think the blue hair probably did her a lot of uh, casting like, justice. Like Lyrsa. Yeah, I think, I think honestly. <laughs> like, it's like, oh yeah, she's totally weird and quirky. Like, so, but not, <laughs> she was kind of normal. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, and also she lists Ty as who she wants to play like, like, like uh that's not a great choice yeah that's probably the number one like honestly anyone who lists ty i think i just you you just cross them off the list like it's like okay bye it's like you have a desire to be a like decent person like good for you what are you doing out here on survivor like ty honestly like uh, i guess this is a brief tangent it's like i think most people like ty are the first boot of a survivor season but one ty ty never went to tribal before the merge uh i sorry before the swap um for one but two i think ty is such a one in a million person that he's the only person like ty who would not be the Mm -hmm. first 
Like also, he's a- oh, go ahead. No, you go. Oh, I was going to make a joke. I heard that uh, in Cal Wrong, Michelle was actually going to be the first boot off the beauty tribe. So, like, that's that is true. That is true. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll have to ask Aubrey, but um, yeah, uh, Aubrey hates that revisionist history. Yeah, she does. <laughs> um, like, I think that's the thing is like, I just there's so to me, there's too many red flags with Wendy to ignore. She's also somebody who I think does not give a shit about Survivor. Um, <laughs> if she gets voted out, this girl ain't coming back. I think that girl is just piecing out of here. Um, which in this season, you do have to factor in. Um, yeah, but not until the merge. So, and like, I think the people who would leave are Wendy, Reem, maybe like Lauren. I feel like Reem would just stick it out, be like, you're Reem gonna either do sticks that to it me. out and like is not phased or like doesn't like or just leaves. Like, that, yeah. it's one or the other um like there's a couple people i can see leaving like honestly i can't see many like i really think almost everybody is gonna stay yeah yeah that's the thing like but i think wendy is somebody who would leave i think there's a couple others like that but like i think she's gonna leave pre-merge i think like i i honestly don't like this is the rare contestant where i see like almost nothing positive yeah I just watch her win and me look like a moron. I think I think her key to winning is like consistent and low key, like not like the crazy Wendy they're implying. Align um, with War Dog and just be like, I will do everything for you, and then maybe win in the end. And yeah, I think she needs to be in that secondary position, but yeah. like not like the antagon like the primary antagonist, nor the pr- primary protagonist. Yeah. Like a secondary character. If she's winning, I feel like they're going to have to do a lot to justify her winning. So I think she'll be all over the Like, I think she'll get like the most, like, she'll be the most boring muted game bot of all time if she wins. Hmm. I don't think so. That's my take. If she, but if she wins, it's crazy. And like, do we ever see, do we, Edge of Extinction is like wiped off the map. When he comes like, back with. This bizarre. Yeah. Season resulted in her winning. So. So I guess that's everybody. Um, that's everybody so now we have some awards slash bets i guess uh so number one who's gonna have the first confessional um hmm. and i okay we're gonna do we're gonna do this two ways so one because i feel like a returning is gonna have the first confessional i don't think so i think they're coming later so i feel like okay i feel like it's a safe bet to not pick a returnee like watch me okay. be wrong, but so if you if want, you we can do returnee and non-returnee, okay. or you can just do it separate. No, that sounds good for me. We'll do it separate. Okay, cool. Um, I think for like your newbie who's getting the first one, let's go with like Victoria, like someone who's excited to be there, gonna have a good first confessional look. For returnee, I'm gonna go with first confessional. I'm gonna go with War Dog. You mean newbie? Yeah, sorry. Is yeah. that what I said? Yeah. You said returnee. But yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I think I think War Dog's a good choice for like a beginning one. Yeah, I think, I, think he, I, so. I can see him more as the second confessional. Yeah. But I don't know. He'll get an opening one, I'm sure. I just can't honestly I can't really think of anyone who's gonna be first. Maybe like, like Ron Ron seems like a good choice. I'm gonna go with Ron Clark. Chris, I think is a good first choice. Yeah, um, something like that. I, I will yeah. lock in Ron Clark. I'm going to lock in Victoria. 
because cool. I'm Reem Daily. I don't care if I'm right. That's cool. If not, <laughs> um, as for returnees, I feel like most certainly Aubrey Bracco. <laughs> I think David Ritt. Nah, I think definitely Aubrey. Just feels like she just feels very like Liz Lemon, and like Liz Lemon feels like the first person to speak. That's so. true. I don't know. I'm going with David Wright for the sake of Aubrey. Probably is number one. Jill is all. Yeah. I feel like they're. I don't know. It's a one in twenty five percent chance. And I'm it's sure probably we'll not Kelly. It's not going to be Kelly. I'll go. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's do most confessionals in premiere. Yeah. Um. And do you also want to separate this? We can. I guess we don't have anywhere to be. Let's separate it. Yeah, um, I think you get Joe having the most confessionals for attorneys. I'm going to go with Aubrey has the most confessionals for. Ah, okay. Um, and then for most confessionals from a newbie, I think that's Ron Clark. I'm going with, oh, uh, okay. You're going with Ron Clark. I'm going to go with what kind of people do they love giving a bunch to? Um, first boot never has the most. Um, we're gonna go with War Dog again. Uh, that seems like such an easy choice, though. Like I know Ron Clark also seems like an easy choice. I was gonna go with Ron Clark is the issue. Oh well, you can you can pick the same person as me, but I want to win. Ah, uh, okay. I see, that's why I'm the Laurel and you're the I don't know who you are. I'm Big Moves Dominic. Let's go, you're Angelina. I'm actually, yeah, it's true. Uh, least confessionals. Someone who's gonna get invisible. Let's go with Julie for I, um newbies. I would say Julia. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be one of those two. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like, I think I think betting on the Julies is uh pretty smart. Yeah, I think like, Kelly's gonna get the least of the returnees. Yeah, I think so. Maybe David. I don't have high hopes for David. But... But I think if he leaves early, he's going to get a lot of confessionals. Well, I I guess I just don't have high hopes for him being a big character. Oh, I, 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 I really think that David is like... David's going to get, I think, like... If he's leaving early, if he if he has the most confessionals in episode one, pencil him in for, like, third boot. Um, hmm. If he gets, like, two, then that's really good. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I think, like... I think they could Tony him. Like, Tony and Game Changers got, like, 30 confessionals or something in the first episode. (laughs) If that happens, like, uh, pencil David in for an early boot. Hmm. Uh, Speaking of boots, we got our first boot. Um, My answer's obvious. I'm going with Wendy Diaz. Actually, no, I'm not. Because I think that tribe's going to win. Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) Shoot. No, I'm going to go with Wendy. I don't have any other good picks. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, then we have to just go back to, like, Julia or Julia. Or Ron Clark. Oh, true. Um, I don't know. I don't see it. I'm gonna go Keith Sowell. Uh, that's not a bad pick either. He's yeah. He's yeah. Honestly, like Jessica Pete style. Like <laughs> you're young and I don't want to hang out with <laughs> a 19 year old. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and now the the one that counts. And this one, I think we do split. Like returnees and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, so okay. We're gonna split this, and then we're gonna bet. Like, we're going to double pick one of them. You know what I mean? We're going to put two points on whether the, like, if you think a returnee is going to win, you can put two points there, or you can put two points on a newbie. Okay, okay. I gotcha. Um, I'm going to go with returnees first because that's easier. I'm still sort of all over the place on newbies. Um, 
I'm going to go with the solid pick and pick Joe Anglum. Yeah, I'm going with Joe too. Okay, so never mind. Yeah. Cross that up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but still, uh, yeah, I think Joe is the only one of these four who can win. Yeah. Um, um, for newbies. Give me Chris Underwood. Oh, but that's who I was going to pick. <laughs> if you want Chris Underwood, I can take... We're so in lock. I know. This season actually feels pretty surprising how much it's that way. If you want Chris Underwood, I can go Dan Wardog Silva. That's a big pick. Um, Do I really want Chris Underwood, though? Yeah, I guess I'll take him. Chris Underwood. Um, And actually, I'm going to cross that Wardog pick out. And actually, I'm going to go with Victoria Bamondi. Oh, man. I'm so high on her. I really think she can go all the way. And personally... The reason why I wanted to split this winner and non-winner, or not returning and non-returning up here, is I personally believe that we're going to end up with a returnee making the finals and losing. That is my pet theory. Um, And I think Victoria is a lovely person who uh, (laughs) could make the producers despise the season. Hmm. I think I would put my two points on Joe Anglem. It's just all like every season a returnee makes it to the end. Yeah. It's hard to argue with that stat. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's four of them. So like, yeah, it's true in big brother too. Right. Like it's like, it's like kind of absurd. Like every one, every season of a reality TV show that's had a returnee has had one in the end. Other than I guess what big, whatever big brother season Jesse came back on. Yeah. But like he was the only one and it was Jesse. So, and stuff happened. So, um, But yeah, like it's kind of hard to ignore that. But I do think we've seen one. I think this cast is really super fan heavy. I think a super fan is going to have a real hard time voting for like, I think some meta problems are going to be there for these returnees. Um, I think we have a lot of super fans and a lot of super fans are going to like, I would never vote for returning to win probably. Um, Cause hmm. it's like the stats just show it really isn't that hard to get to the end as a returnee. Um, like it, it's clearly an advantage. Uh, and I feel like you'll see casuals kind of be like, wow, they had such a threat on their back and they still made it kind of thing. Whereas like, I think these people who are more tuned to survivor will be like, okay, like whatever you you, like, there's this twist rigged for you. There's all this, like, I really think that can come into it. Um, I feel like there's space for like a Sophie Clark to win. That's what I, that's a hundred percent what I'm expecting. But I don't think it's Victoria. I just don't know who else to pick. Um, (laughs) like, I was trying to find like a good like Lauren would be perfect. Lauren was one I was thinking. Yeah. Um maybe instead of yeah, maybe instead of Victoria, I will lock in I don't want to root for Lauren though. That's the problem. Yeah, Lauren's just like Yeah. I want a fun rooting interest and like it like yeah. Victoria's a definitely my favorite. So where are we going with Victoria? Honestly, I think Chris could be that. I think Chris could be the Sophie Clark. Yeah. Least, that is. Um so that's that's our show. That's um, our show. We have a website. It's thewinnersedit.wordpress.com. If you want to yell at us, uh, give us feedback, whatever, uh, there's a contact form there. Or you can just yell at us directly at thewinneredit at gmail.com. Uh, new episodes are on Saturdays or Sundays. Depends on our schedule. I don't know. Um, sometimes even Mondays. Uh, <laughs> hopefully just Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, we share it's it on... free. It's free. Yeah. <laughs> we share it on our Survivor and our iJerk. <laughs> uh tell your friends all that good stuff review us on itunes uh, i really do think at this point we are on all the major podcatchers but if we're not again yell at us on those uh forms uh we we put stuff in the show notes um uh of varying 
starts, this one won't have an edge because uh this this season has started. I guess I could give you a nice template. Yeah, if you would like to start. If you'd like take this journey with us. Joe's like, got a great uh template. Maybe we'll throw like a a link to the Inside Survivor like guide to edge it because it's actually really fun. If you guys haven't done it, I'm sure you have if you're this far into a podcast. But uh if you want to play along with us, uh tweet at me or uh edgic boards. That's always fun. Um you can catch me on Unspoiled Edgic. I'm Hiplop. I'm sometimes there. Oh, Not follow me really on Twitter really. at Danny Kills Bees. I'm gonna try and live tweet Survivor this year. I can never do that because I'm edging it, and I'm oh, like, oh, I'm oh. like with the stats, so I'm just like typing numbers yeah. in the whole time. But Joe always has the visibilities down perfectly. I don't, so I don't even have to worry about that. Like, I, I'm just like, <laughs> like I, if Joe does the visibilities wrong, then I'm screwed. But I'm lazy enough to let that happen. Maybe I can tweet that. Uh, yeah, tweet at the visibilities at the end. Yeah. So that's fun. I don't know okay. what my Twitter is because I don't ever tweet. It's like it, Kitty so. Master Nine Thousand or something. It was, yeah. Know. I'll I'm tweet sure it and then I'll and then Dan will share it and then yeah. that's how you'll find me. <laughs> or if uh, if I tweet anything, I'm sure if you look at people who've liked it, I'm sure Sam should like my tweet. Yes, I definitely like all those tweets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, that's our yeah. show. Farewell. Uh, honestly, I hope the season's uh, entertain an entertaining train wreck so that nothing like this ever happens. Yeah. Me too. Cool. Farewell. Yep. We'll see you in a week. The best.